Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are going to keep this short because this is episode 50 for us. We made it this far um, and we do a lot of our thank yous and everything as we get going so we won't bore you with that more than once but um, very quickly thank you to everybody who's listened, everybody who's been on, anybody that will potentially want to be on in the future. We really appreciate it. This has been an awesome experience for us and we hope to continue it. As always we want to thank Mueller for helping power this um, podcast and supporting it and just supporting the athletic training profession in general and the world we're in with sports being in highly question moving forward at no time more is the support for the profession needed so again thank you everyone and we look forward to the next 50. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat, episode 50. Uh, we made it this far, um, which honestly I'm happy, very happy about, but a little surprised that we did, but that's fantastic just because uh, getting into the groove of things as we have, it's made it much easier. Um, and so for this episode, what we wanted to do is kind of with the three of us revisit what we've learned, taken away, and what that is um, for each of us with all the episodes we have done plus um, answer the AT Chat 5 as we ask everybody to do when they join the podcast. Uh, before we get into that, um, I can speak for all of us, and you guys feel free to speak up, uh, is one to say thank you to not only all the listeners, but definitely all the guests that were um, interested and took the time to be a part of this um, I'll get into this more as we get going, but it's been fantastic to hear from so many different people um, across all kinds of spectrums, uh, people that I don't think I would have met otherwise, and I will hold on to that for just a minute. Uh, but I also want to thank um, Mueller Sports Medicine for helping get this thing off the ground and being, being excited about it, um, kind of adopting two more people as I've already been connected with Mueller for a while. Um, Greg will have to get you down there to check out the whole thing at some point. Uh, but just wanted to say a special thanks to them. That being said, uh, Austin wanted to kick it over to you first and just kind of what you've thought about this whole thing and what you've taken from it and what will now be 50 episodes. Right. Well, like, like you, uh, it's been a pleasant surprise for me, especially because kind of early middle part, we both a little overwhelmed with everything and we kind of had a lull there, but we got things rolling again. But no, I think it's been a really good time. Um, it's been really exciting for me, especially as right when we started this, I was in the middle of a MSAT program. So I'm still a student. And as we progressed over these 50 episodes, I've learned a lot of different things from a lot of different people which I think have been especially helpful as a student at that point. Um, at this point, I've graduated. So I'm going to have a, as new experiences come, my perspective is going to change, but I've learned a lot that I've taken away and applied as a student throughout these episodes. And kind of like you alluded to in the intro there, 
we've talked to a lot of different people who I probably wouldn't have talked to if it weren't for this. So being able to sit in on different um, um, episodes, like learning from industrial athletic trainers, um, it's not a field that I ever saw myself going into, but hearing what they do and hearing how their job includes a lot of what we do in athletics and how just hearing different perspectives has been um, really fun for me. And I've been able to make a lot of connections from this and it's been really fun. I can say that I thought it was gonna be a lot of pressure and it, I was a little overwhelmed at first, I will admit that, but started digging into the groove in the last year. Or so uh, it's definitely been just a fun ride. Well, you're such an extrovert that I, I don't know how this right. came naturally to you. Um, yeah. No, I, I would echo that. I think, I don't, I don't know that I would have been able to attend NATA this year had it actually occurred in its physical form um, for a multitude of reasons. And then obviously the pandemic came in, but I am so looking forward to potentially trying to get there next year and really just have the opportunity to meet more of these people face to face you know, just be able to walk through all the different seminars and different things and even the, you know, hall with all the vendors and whatnot and be able to say hi to so many more people and have some connection. Um, I, I'm honestly really looking forward to that because I know there's a bunch of people on here that I would more than enjoy having a beer with and just talking shop um, from connecting up. But I agree with you. I think it's been awesome. Um, connecting up with people doing some really cool things. I think of Matt Campbell, who's running a full-on concussion clinic. Um, and it's in the startup phase, but really gaining some traction and everything he's doing. I think that opens up so many doors. Uh, we've got some really good ones coming out that I won't allude to quite yet, but just people doing really interesting things beyond that. And then just more so recently, um is just trying to help create a platform for positive change and understanding and learning and listening for everything around race and the other potential you know issues that can come out of that with equality and everything within athletic training has been eye-opening more so recently than ever before um greg you came in a little bit on the back end of it uh, we kind of made a swap out there um with hosts and whatnot but um been around we were just looking i don't remember what number your episode was but you know what have you taken away in the short time shorter time you've been associated with the podcast uh yeah so um i guess austin hit it right on the head with being a student uh, when you learn your textbook things and you're uh kind of your hands-on clinical but then you're also getting this opportunity to to network and uh, listen in from some of these people it's been um really beneficial to my education uh, just because you know a lot of things that you learn that day get reinforced in you know maybe an, an episode or two um, throughout our AT chat guests and stuff like that so uh, it's just been a really nice perspective to kind of tie everything together um, otherwise I've just you know I've really enjoyed the opportunity to to reach out and uh, sometimes sending the emails can be a little overwhelming to try to recruit people but you know you never know who's going to reply and give up that, that hour of time to, to get interviewed. So uh, I guess just the, the way that it's kept me uh, busy right now during COVID and uh, really gives me something to look forward to right now with the state of the profession and, you know, the fact that there's no athletics right now is it's a bummer, but um, 
you know, being able to at least reach out to other people that are, you know, trying to stay busy and, and keep at it has been really fun so far. Any other general thoughts from you guys before we jump in to re-answering um, the AT chat five questions? I guess I'll kind of hearing Greg also made me think, yes, it shaped my perspective as a student there. And like Greg said, it helps uh, kind of reinforce what you learned. But I, got, I think another benefit out of it for me was that you know, you have your standardized curriculum in your classes. You have your clinicals where you expand a little more. But hearing different people push beyond some of those lessons, and especially people who you've never met, who have different experiences than your preceptors, um, than, than your uh, faculty, has been really enlightening for me. And I think that's why episodes like the one with Mike Stella, mm -hmm. um, from rock tape mike it's very straightforward and tells it as it is so i hearing that and hearing people's blunt opinions and kind of what they've picked up i think especially early on in my career is something that's been super beneficial and that i've definitely enjoyed yeah i think that to that point something i learned um you know having spent most of my younger career not that it's old yet um, in division one was never sure, you know, could you always do the quote unquote cool things in, you know, division three. And obviously I think I've learned over the course of the years at UW lacrosse that we can, we can do a lot of really cool things and we've become creative in order to get those done. And I think that's something else I've taken away is in every setting that I've talked to, you know, from people from the different settings, like people are doing really incredible things everywhere whether that be the industrial or the secondary school who is also doing extremely high level clinical research um, from going out on their own as an entrepreneur and looking at that and you know doing that type of thing I think that's been you know hopeful I guess would be a way I'd say right. just because you don't have to be in this the pros or division one where in theory all the money is to have a such a large impact and do some really cool however you want to define that things in for the people that you're serving and taking care of and i think that that's been invigorating i mean look at still one of my favorite episodes was uh cody tesh out of the milwaukee right. fire department like still one of my like was fascinated by everything there and i think that's and, you know, and you guys were talking about like the coolest thing that the guys thought is when you bring the big red bag and it was an Easton machine, which, you know, from yeah. a lot of people might not be the, like a big deal in their practice, but in that instance for that group, like that was the thing. And that's really mm -hmm. cool and reassuring that you can have such a large impact. And it's awesome to see that occurring across the country in so many mm -hmm. different ways. Absolutely. That's something that I was going to touch on too, is just how, um, you know, we're only 50 episodes in, but it seems like we've really gotten at least somebody from, you know, uh, really, you name it, um, kind of perspective on the on the profession. And, you know, we've had what essential oils, we've had um, very diverse uh, clinical kind of settings, we've had quite a few different pros, um, a lot of different, what D1, D3, I don't know if we've had a D2, but you know, a lot of, a lot of college perspectives yeah. and 
um, I think that's just been a really cool part is um, hearing how everybody's um, kind of path is different, but you know, it, it's all related through the profession and um, you know, nobody's ever been, um, you know, not passionate to, to come on here and, and share their, their knowledge and, you know, the stuff that they really care about. And I think that's been a really cool part of the first 50 here has just been hearing how, um, how much energy these people bring to their, to their work life. And, um, one that sticks out for me spe specifically would be Jennifer Reeling. Um, yeah. she was just the, the nicest lady from Washington, DC. Um, and she's been at the same high school for uh, 30 years or something like that. And, um, has really worked her way up in a lot of leadership roles, but um, just hearing people like that and how just nice, um, really the whole thing was just, it was like I was, you know, it, it was like a church group or something. That's how nice she came across. And um, hearing just, you know, these people take out their time for us has been really one of the highlights for me. But, um, you know, a lot of people like that, that just uh, really advocate for not only the profession, but um, just movement and rehabilitation and and things of that nature you know it's just a it's a good thing to push right now yep and we're hoping to get her more involved with uh mark Anza actually who's also working on the secondary school committee that jennifer reeling is chairing as of right now so we might get a little mini series started with that and fun side note at least for greg and austin uh scott doberstein's first athletic training student jennifer reeling small oh. world yep very very small world um which is hilarious all right, uh, without further ado, you want to get into these AT Chat 5? Let's do it. I think we should just call them that from now on. I've kind of adopted that, and I think that's starting to stick. So we'll just go with that from here on out. Um, first one, I got. you would think I'd have these completely memorized by now, but I want to make sure I get it right. Um, Greg, we'll start with you. Where do you see athletic training going in five to ten years? Um. I guess I, I know in my previous answer, I talked a lot about how research is evolving and um, I still obviously think that's true. Uh, we've had a lot of guests so far even talk about some of their research and things like that. But um, I guess to be more general, I just, I think it's going to just keep growing. Uh, we've had a lot of people on here advocate for needing more high school athletic trainers. Um, I know a lot of percentages have been thrown out, but something like you know, only 68% of high schools are covered or something like that. Uh, that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. So um, I think eventually, um, you know, people are going to grab the idea that, hey, we need an athletic trainer for our high school. Um, and, you know, that alone is just going to grow the number in the profession. But um, I think we'll also just be pushing more boundaries as far as helping with other healthcare issues. You know, you look at the um, the way athletic trainers have been able to step up right now with, with COVID and, um, you know, anything else that could possibly happen in the future. Uh, I think there's, there's really a place for us that some people didn't know existed. Um, and I think in the next five to 10 years, we're really going to push that and, uh, get involved with more aspects of healthcare. Austin. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Um, and just an example of that, um, I was interning at Vanderbilt here in the spring, and they are all employed through the health center. So when athletics got shut down, um, the athletic trainers got moved to working in the actual medical center there, and they played a big part. They were there every day. They were taking temps. They were assisting with rooming. They were doing all these things. 
that traditionally you might not see athletic trainers do. So I think that over, especially over the last six months or so, we've seen kind of the diversity of our profession. So I think it's really gonna be interesting, like you said, to see where we go. Um, I'm, I think it's gonna take some time with that because that's just one of the things that happens, but I think that will be interesting. Um, I guess from a more clinical side, because I think that's how I answered the last time, um, seeing things, and I think it's been a trend, especially with those that I've worked with as a student and worked alongside, is kind of a shift to more of a movement perspective. Um, and I think that's a big thing that, so I'm, heavy, I'm heavily, heavily influenced by kind of that FMS, um, Exos, kind of that Grey Cook style of rehab and treatment. And I think that the exit trend that I've been seeing, at least for those that I've worked with, um, guys chiming with what you've seen. And I think that there has been a shift to addressing kind of that side and make it more of a integrated whole with what we do. I think a good example of that, uh, I think Joel, you and I talked about in a couple episodes, like Sue Falsoni's bridging the gap. Yep. Um, so just seeing kind of that shift in treatment paradigms has been something that I look forward to. And I think we're heading in the, in the right direction kind of with that aspect of things. Yeah. I'm going to go out to the, the 10 year portion of that. Um, you know, so then the master's program has been fully established across the country and, you know, kind of the dust will settle a little bit with that. Um, I see uh, uh, agreeing with Greg that there's going to be a huge push, um, even more than there's been, which has been awesome in high school athletic training. Um, you just, if you guys have seen recently the petition going around just to at least get it up to a congressional, you know, a federal level of looking at that. Um, I think that will continue to gain steam. Um, I think also there will be a push to reopen a lot of licensure um, acts and look at the potential of getting us out from underneath needing to have a physician, uh, which could open up unbelievable opportunity uh, for athletic trainers to go out on their own and not need to have to find that person, um, that physician that's willing to sign off on your orders in order to, for you to do that. I think that could be something within the next, within the next 10 years could be a really um, feasible option for that. Um, also just really excited. And I just saw this the other day of, you know, there's, I think there's going to be more transparency and there has to be. And somebody referenced that when you look at the presidential, you know, like the running for it right now and how many podcasts and open forums and webinars the two candidates have been on compared to the last presidential election where it's kind of like, here's the blurbs about them. All right, go vote. You really get to know these people now. And I think that will continue to expand um, beyond just the NATA president, but be into all the other significant committees that have such an impact on the profession. And I think that's good um, because it really will help advance the profession forward. Um, Austin, I'm gonna, we'll start with you on this one. I'm gonna modify it just a tiny bit because it's the, what advice would you give yourself as a young AT? Um, that being said, I'm gonna edit it to, what advice would you give yourself 
um, going back before starting this podcast based on what you've learned? Oh boy, what advice. Um, I think it's almost similar to what I would tell myself for young AT, young student, be a sponge. The more perspectives you hear and the more that I've heard, the more I've been challenged because like I said, I've through my education, through what I've done, I have a certain way that I think. And one thing that I've discovered is that shocker, not everyone thinks the way I think, but it's good because hearing that it's like a, you hear something, it's like, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I guess I've never really considered it from that perspective. So hearing from other people, especially going throughout this podcast challenges how I think and can make me uh kind of basically reason why do I do what I do which I think has been one of the biggest things so just being all ears has been one something I would say nice Greg uh I would definitely agree with Austin uh that's actually a phrase that I use a lot is trying to be a sponge um but you know like Austin said you you can only pick up uh, as much as you really want to from these. Um, so I think it's just important to, to really listen and question why, um, you know, why, why does that person think that way? Um, and even if, you know, you think against it or, you know, you have something against that modality or, you know, whatever it happens to be, um, I think it's still important to understand why they might choose that as their first option or whatever. Um, so just a, a really gives you a better understanding um, of kind of all of your options. Uh, that's one thing that I picked up from doing these. Um, it's really just becoming more well-rounded. The more perspectives you can hear from, the more um, conversations that you can have, even if they're you know tough conversations to have. You're you know you're only going to pick up um, useful and positive things from those. So uh, I think it's just important to keep the conversations going, uh, and that's what we intend to do here uh, with the podcast too. Um, just to give you guys those perspectives and um, really let you question um, the things that you hear. So, and say for me, just it's echoing exactly what you guys said is, you know, listen with the intent to try and understand and comprehend and let it challenge my, my personal beliefs, not even in just athletic training, but in beyond. Um, in the leadership and the different things there. Um, I think that would be advice I would continue to give myself more and more recently is, you know, really listen for that and then ask the uncomfortable question. Not necessarily to that because it's going to make whoever you we're interviewing uncomfortable, but it might make me uncomfortable in asking it. And, you know, obviously doing that with full respect and, you know, everything that comes along with that, but, you know, that coming back to just being willing to challenge my own thought processes on those and not take for granted things that I, I may not have otherwise recognized um, with that. Um, we'll get into this third one and then, so, um, I'll just start off with this one is I'm going to adjust this one a little bit too, fellas, um, is what is the most influential resource you have found in your career and I'm going to adjust that as to the most influential resource that you've come up in the last 50 episodes if something has come up with that and that uh, for me is just finding people 
with different ideologies and different thought processes and asking again why to understand not to challenge but just to comprehend and potentially then looking to see how that fits within the worldview that i have and then you know what i might need to change because maybe my worldview wasn't what i thought it was and needed to adjust so um greg greatest resource you've picked up uh i guess greatest resource over the last 50 episodes um in general i would definitely agree with just uh really understanding the why behind um each person particularly um especially in more of these diverse roles like the um you know we've had the industrial we've had uh i don't know if we've had military yet but we've we've kind of had some of these very untraditional roles and um i think just hearing their perspectives has been a really good resource for me because um i don't really have like a set goal in mind and I never really considered those professions until I heard these great points from, you know, the few, the few people that we've had from those more untraditional sides. So um, I think those kind of come to mind right away when I just think about uh, kind of the one of the better resources because they've really altered my mindset about those um, areas of the profession. And uh, I think that that kind of advocating for some of those untraditional roles is important and um, you know, if we're going to continue to be in those settings, we need people to to buy into those. So um, those have been kind of stand out for me so far. Austin? Right. Totally agree with both of you guys. I would say for myself personally is um, learning from those that we've talked to, especially because like Greg said, the diverse, we're interviewed athletic trainers from a variety of settings, settings that especially as a student I'm not familiar with but I think the thing for me is almost the after the episode is what I'm finding extremely valuable so using these episodes yes this is a platform so that um, you can get their voice their perspective out there but one thing that I found really cool is keeping in touch with them and I've talked to a bunch of um, those who I've interviewed and I do keep in touch. And I think being able to form that almost like a network slash someone who you can talk to professionally, who you maybe don't share the same perspective. So I can say with some of the episodes I've done, I keep in contact with them and I do talk to them about things that I run into and just, you know, how's it generally going, especially with all the COVID stuff going on right now. So I think that's always something that's nice to have because it's another person to ask questions to another perspective to get if you get stuck or it's just good for some engaging conversation as well. I would have never said this beforehand, but I will say it now is, you know, Twitter. I, I've never been more into Twitter than I have been since the inception of this and some of the good conversation and some of the not so good conversation, but I think that's important and it's been valuable in learning, not so much clinically, um, with stuff, but some of the other aspects of just athletic training and that leadership world in general has been very interesting. All right, so for question four, um, you could change or eliminate one thing, could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset um, in the field of athletic training, what would it be? And we'll leave this open-ended just in general um, from your first time answering this. So I think Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, sure. So, um... I 
don't really remember what I said the first time around with this, but um, from a lot of the the episodes that we've had, um, I think the answer that I have really related to most and agreed with is just a better mindset all around. Um, just as far as you know, we we kind of have this history of uh, of beef with physical therapists and uh, chiropractors and and a lot of these um, very similar professions. And I think that, you know, not just athletic trainers, but just sports medicine in general, I think we can do a better job um, kind of meshing together and helping each other out, sharing our viewpoints on something uh, with someone that might think of it uh, with, you know, a a different perspective. Um, So, you know, a mindset with that, but also um, keeping mindset in mind for uh, a lot of advocating too. Um, You know, a lot of our episodes have dealt with legislation and uh, even just pushing yourself to get to um, kind of bigger, better roles. And um, I think that just changing your mindset to, you know, what you can accomplish as an athletic trainer and what, um, you know, athletic trainers can can do too has just been really valuable. And, um, you know, I think that people just need to, to open their eyes a little bit and realize that, you know, they, they can really do whatever they want to do in the profession. And, um, so I guess that that mindset answer has been kind of my favorite so far from from a few guests that we've had. Awesome. Right. So mine is kind of a mindset thing as well. Um, and I would say this isn't unique to athletic training, but I can think of several prominent examples. And I think trying to get away from the, uh, like we're doing it this way because that's the way we've always done it. And I guess one example that sticks out is talking about ice. And I know we've talked about ice before, so I won't go into detail there. But as we do new research, as we learn new things, it's going to change, especially what you learned in school, even for me, what I learned in the last year or two, things are probably already starting to shift. Looking at specifically, you go from, you know, price and rice to what I'm hearing now is uh, peace and love. Yep, I just got that as well, yep. So being open to those changes and being willing to consider that uh, your perspective is gonna shift. One of my undergrad professors, um, I guess phrased it as being an optimistic skeptic or being open-minded skeptic. So challenging the new stuff making sure that it has the ground to stand on, do your research on it, do your own background information on it, but also be willing to accept it as something new. So and I think that's one of the biggest things that I would like to see. I think it, along with you guys, it's a mindset thing um, to a degree. And for me, you know, to have, to really make an impact and make change you got to move outside of just what you do individually. Um, and this really got spurred with the race conversation and athletic training and that, you know, I always thought it was good and maybe enough to just not be like that personally, you know, to try and treat people at fate, not maybe face value is not the right way to say it, on their personality. If we're, if we're, if we work hard and we, you know, want to do big things like that is, that is good for me, who, no matter where you come from or who you are. 
Um, but it has been made abundantly clear to me just looking at the places of privilege, you know, however those are defined and just potentially having an impact in a position of being able to hopefully hire more people, you know, in the role I'm in or looking at those different things and really feeling the weight of that for something that I can't ever feel the full weight of because I aren't in, I've never had to go through what people have gone through um, just where it is. And so understanding that and when people from positions that I will never ever be able to relate to period, not dismissing that because it doesn't go in line with what my worldview is and what I think. Um, I've got a few books lined up kind of all around that um, that I'm really looking forward to reading to continue to challenge that and figure out what can be done to try and make it better and actually mm-hmm. make it better, not just say it and tweet about it. So, right. In closing, Austin, does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Right. So I think this is my third time answering this and this is a third different answer I'm going to get. Nice. So evolving with it, but I think especially with everything we've seen over the last couple months here, being an athletic trainer to me, yes, we have our kind of our standards and what we do. So kind of the prevention, injury prevention, diagnosis, treatment. But I think one thing that's really starting to stand out for me and that I'm starting to try to take a little more, I don't know if serious is the right word, but put it more in the forefront of what I do and how I think is advocating, is being an advocate. So yes, we talk about being an advocate for your patients and helping them, protecting them, whether it be in sport, at work, wherever, whatever your setting might be, but also looking towards advocating for a profession as a whole and seeing that we are going through some major changes right now. We're right at that onset of that transition to the master's degree. We have all this COVID stuff where athletic trainers are being pushed into show and showing their diversity as healthcare professionals. And so trying to advocate for our profession as a whole in our advancement, but also touching on what you just said um, with kind of our athletic training um, racing athletic training episode. Um, so I'm from Wisconsin and I've been fortunate enough that I haven't had to deal with a lot of the issues that um, some of our guests on that episode have dealt with in the past. And I am very fortunate for that. But I, listening to them, it does open your eyes to um, kind of what's going on around you. And I saw this when I went into grad school a little bit more because I went to a bigger city. But I think especially advocating for those around you, whether it be your coworkers, your patients, pretty much even your workplace. So just keeping that in mind, and especially as a person of color, um, I think that it's important for me to start playing more and doing more of my part on that end. Greg? Uh, yeah, so uh, Austin, I think that's an excellent answer. Um, I would also definitely include being more of an advocate uh, into what athletic training means to me. Um, but to kind of uh, 
to piggyback off that without really saying um, what you just said, I think it's important for us to just, um, you know, keep that open mind that we were talking about. Um, athletic training right now is just such a evolving profession where there is a lot of gray areas. And um, I think that that's a really good thing for people that want to push boundaries and, um, you know, become good at skills that maybe other athletic trainers aren't necessarily uh, a great at. But I think we just have so much room for um, kind of specialization and room for growth and um, just advocating for really the right things. And I think that that's a, a really good position for the profession to be in. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for this opportunity to network with people and get them to share their um, opinions and skills and things like that over these episodes. But, um, you know, just, just being able to, to share that passion with others has been um, a big part of what athletic, athletic training has meant to me so far. And I think that that's definitely going to continue as I meet more people and, and hear more perspectives um, just on what, what people are passionate about. I think mine would echo a lot of exactly what you guys just said is it's not, you know, our impact as athletic trainers goes so far beyond just the healthcare aspect. Like obviously that is important and the day to day getting people ready to be, do whatever they physically and actively want to do is obviously a huge part of it. But just that impact that goes beyond um, with the people that we talked about that worked in the high schools. Um, we've got one coming up about hopefully here in the near future that will definitely highlight that. Um, and just, there's so much more to the profession and it's so unique in that regard. Um, and the platform is so big, um, because it's sports in a lot of instances that, you know, our impact and what we can do to just make things overall better is probably more than I ever realized, um, prior to just kind of more so recently. And I think that isn't something you can say with every profession. I think you could say it was a lot, but not, to, as so many and that's something that makes others um really really unique um i'm looking forward to seeing what that transpires to be in the future well um in closing we we're just gonna shout out for where everybody could get a hold of everyone um for the podcast on twitter we are atc chat um still trying to work on getting the actual one that i want but atc chat is what we are on there for me uh it's uh, on Twitter, it's at Joel underscore Ludke, um, if you want to look that up. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that's something on Instagram, and obviously you can just look it up on Facebook. Uh, Greg, if you want to reach uh, out to you. Yeah, so uh, I actually created a Twitter probably not long ago. I know, I'm not a big Twitter guy, so it was, a, <laughs> it was tough. But um, I kind of just, you know, followed a few athletic training pages and haven't really checked up on it. but. Uh, I do have a Twitter now for uh, those messages. Otherwise, you can definitely find me on uh, Instagram, um, even Facebook, which, you know, I don't I don't really use Facebook very often, but I know my account still exists. So um, those would probably be the best places to reach me. All right. So for me, I would say that the best place to reach me is probably on Twitter. Um, don't do a, fair, a lot of posting, but I am fairly active on scrolling um, around. <laughs> uh, I had 
handle is at Austin F-I-T-Z-P-A-T-R. We'll put it in the bio. Couldn't get my whole name in there, so. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fire off a tweet with everybody's Twitter account linked up in it just so everybody can check right. out the host if they want to. And then you can also find me on Instagram. All you have to do is search my name. You, I'll come up pretty easily, so. Awesome. Well, thanks, fellas, and here's to 50 more and revisiting these questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.